man, here we go for the Monday show. Welcome to it. I am the Stretch Ari. This is Big 49, and we are back to the grind. Man, is that never more true than now for me. I have got the grind of the grinds ahead of me as I go into, let's see, I work. Uh, I had Friday off, so I won't have another day off for three Fridays. So three Fridays from now, last Friday, and then I'll have another day off. We are grinding hard, which means I may or may not be around for Supercross coverage for the next couple weeks. And it sucks to be me. But hey, you got to do what you got to do. Everyone always says, you're so lucky you have a job. You're so lucky you have work. Really? Because I don't feel lucky. Eat my fucking balls. I feel like I'm fried and burnt out. And I got too much to do. That's what I feel like. Oh, man. And I know you do too. There's so many people that have like a side hustle and this and that. And you got to do what you got to do to keep the lights on in this BS expensive state where they want to strip you of every freedom that you have. And you just keep banging and banging and banging and in the meantime, banging your head against the effing wall. Ah. Have a little iced tea right now. Trying to remain chill. Getting ready, though, for the show today. Very excited about our interview with Hunter Lawrence, which will be coming up here in a moment. Hunter Lawrence, it's a good, deep interview. Hunter talks about just his career to this point. He finally wins his first championship on Saturday in Nashville, and he was fired up. Little Brother Jets already got three championships. Hunter has had zero till Saturday, and I think the weight of the world is off that guy's shoulders, and he is... On fire. Remember, Hunter's not going to 450s this year. He's probably going to have to go next year because I got a feeling he's going to stick around and probably win another championship in the 250s. And then he, too, will head up to the 450s. And that will be your HRC Honda team of the future, Jet and Hunter Lawrence. They are quite the duo of badassery on a motorcycle. And that journey has not been easy for not only uh, Jed and Hunter, but for that entire family. So we will break into that in the interview. Very good stuff. We'll get into everything that happened a little later on. It's been in Moto Minutes, but I'll address it at some point on the show. It was just mayhem on Saturday in Nashville. Also got an Aussie tourist that's going to go to jail probably. for He may not go to jail. He may get publicly flogged. We'll see what happens to this guy. You got to watch where you do stupid crap. Dumb shittery usually gets nothing happens to you here at home or in the civilized world. You go to some other countries and, well, bad things happen for dumb shittery. I got a what to Florida story of a lady and I'm kind of like, well, that seemed like she did what a lot of people probably have wanted to do over the years. I, I have just... What's happening to the world news, we'll get into. Big convention going on in Boston. We're going to talk about that. I got the Moto Man Iceberg has been released and photographed by a man from a city called Dildo. You can't make this stuff up. A guy from Dildo photographed the Moto Man Iceberg. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, it's really good. Then I got a true crime stories. I got a couple of injured police officers, one here in Los Angeles and one in Fresno. And just, I'm going to give you a 
an idea of what these guys got to deal with on a daily effing basis to do their jobs, and it sucks. So we have all of that. Uh, no other moto to, um, today. Tomorrow we will probably bring in Eli Tomek for an interview, and then after Eli, we'll run Hunter in the middle of the show, so we'll have two interviews tomorrow. But today it is solely the Hunter Lawrence extravaganza for moto, and then the rest of it is me babbling like a moron because this is what I do really, really well. So strap it in, strap it on. Let's get through this time together. It is the Big 49, and I am the workhorse known as the Stretch Ari. Big 49, it is a stretch show, and right now we are sitting down with the very first crown champion of the 2023 season, the guy that wrapped it all up Saturday in Nashville. His name is Hunter Lawrence from the HRC Honda team, and it is his first championship. It is well-deserved, and coming into today, Hunter, you had to just finish 20th or better, and it was done, so it seemed like it was going to be an easy day at the park, but I did notice in the main event, uh, was it nerves or what was it? Because it looked like you jumped and hit the gate before it dropped. What was that happening right there? Yeah, yeah I did. Uh, <laughs> went back right to the first qualifying session or second qualifying session. Okay. They dropped the gate huh. so fast. Yeah. So heat race and the main, I was like, normally I, I'm i not like ready to go as soon as the five boards yeah. turn. But yeah, yeah, for the main I was. And it's tough when you're like concentrating at one small bar for like the full five seconds you get like antsy and you're like you know did it move and um i was surprised my start was as good as it was with jumping at it that hard me too yeah Yeah. you got jordan too oh man hey let's go back to something i've been watching there's been a lot of hype we've known you're gonna wrap up the championship here you know sooner rather than later and Weej, my favorite moto broadcaster ever did an interview with you where you talked about uh, right here in Tennessee, back in 2020, you were pretty much done and you were ready to walk away from motocross. And here we are three years later, you have your first championship, just not that far down the road here in Nashville. So uh, uh, t- tell us about this and, and, and walk us through that story again, because it was a really great story. Yeah, it uh, Wes actually pointed out, he goes, it's funny, dude, Tennessee, like Loretta's, I completely forgot it was even in Tennessee. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, 2020, I was, I was done. It was Cynthia, my dad, and, okay. and Johnny in the, in the bunk of the Geico truck and just dislocated my shoulder for the second time. Need a fourth surgery within, gee, seven months. And I was, I was like done. You know, every time you get injured, you work so hard, you do extra to get back to where you believe and where you feel you should be and and then to just over and over again get knocked down with injuries times not even crashing you know i was in such a bad spot and it was like i'm like i'm i'm done we'll just support jet um you know he's he's got he's got what it takes and and we'll just support jet it was it was probably two or three days after that and i was like no okay i'm gonna i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna keep doing this so yeah, a little, uh, a little bittersweet. Um, you know, this Tennessee, Nashville, not far from here, was a place that almost broke me. And yeah. uh, now today I win my first championship. So it's, uh, it's cool. It's very cool, man. And congratulations again on the championship. But I know you guys have taken a very strange road to get to where you are, uh, you and your, your whole family, where you left Australia as kids, you went over to Europe, and uh, there's been a lot of hard times. Is this uh, uh, 
though, that, that that episode at Loretta Lynn's, was that the closest you ever came to just saying, I'm done, I'm walking away, or were there other points as well? Yeah, so, yeah, it, it was, absolutely. Like I said, I was I was done, you know. We yeah. went in Europe, <clears throat> mum and dad, we got, you know, a lot of kind of screwed over by some teams, and, yeah. you know, mum and dad went through all the money that they had left from, you know, selling the house. That was gone. <clears throat> Nan and Pop sent us money to support us yeah. staying over there. Obviously that, you know, we went through that just because of living costs and, and travel and stuff like that. <clears throat> so a lot of that stuff, you know, it, it doesn't wear on you, but it kind of does in the back of your mind. And then, you know, they're, they're supporting you and we're chasing this dream, you know, and I was just like, you know, you get beat down so, so many times, you just finally think, okay, maybe it's not for me, you know, and you're like, hey, I just, you know, like I said, support Jet, I'll get a normal job, <clears throat> just work, you know, do that, but... Okay. Yeah, it wasn't long after, thankfully. Um, so got back to it. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you're back to it. You're a champion today. And, and now, is this something that you've looked at, you know, obtaining since your childhood of becoming a Supercross champion? Or is this something that just kind of evolved as you got to be really good on dirt bikes? Like, well, walk us through achieving this dream uh, of being a champion today. Uh, yeah, I mean, I said... That as a kid growing up, I can't say I dreamed of it as a kid because it was something I just watched on TV when you're a kid, especially in Australia. The sport's not that big there. You know, you kind of don't realize that you could have a career doing this. And you're like, you know, like dad works and you're just going to get a normal job. That's kind of how life is. So it's only really, you know, since I left Australia to Europe that I was like, oh, man, I'd love to to do this one day or achieve it but yeah as a kid growing up it was never like oh dude I want to be an AMA Supercross champion it was just like the guys you'd watch on TV get friends over on a Saturday night it was just like (laughs) so far away so yeah yeah, it's, it's crazy. And boom, now it's here. So uh, uh, congratulations to Kid, man. It's got, I'm sure it hasn't even sunk in yet that you are, are the champion. But let's go back to uh, you guys coming over from Europe. You guys have left Australia. The whole family's over there. There's been tons of sacrifice for your entire family. And then you get the call, hey, we're going to bring you to America. You guys are going to race Supercross. Like, what are those emotions like? Because it seems like you now had roots over in Europe. You were probably, you guys are doing very well over there. Obviously, if they were going to bring you over to race Supercross here, you were doing something impressive over in Europe. So uh, uh, walk us through those emotions of getting that phone call and saying, hey, you're coming to America. It's time to race some Supercross. Yeah, it, was, um, <clears throat> it wasn't like the emotions that you maybe thought. It was like we were... I was really, <clears throat> pardon me, um, yeah. happy in the GPs. I was okay. like, this is yeah. really, really like the stage and everything is crazy good. And I was like, not, I wouldn't say complacent, but I was like happy to spend more time there because I wanted okay. to, you know, become world champ there. And yeah. And then when we got it, it was kind of like, ah, uh, yeah, we need to stay one more year. We stayed longer than, you know, we signed a year before we left. And yeah. it was just like kind of, you know, when you think you're not ready to jump, yeah. you know, jump because i just feel like it's it's it always seems to end out to work whether it's business life staff or sport you know when you don't feel a hundred percent ready to jump into something i think it's that's the perfect time to do it all right now you've made the jump you're here in america you are a champion just a few short years later and does this feel like now that this is the culmination of your life's journey to become a champion after everything you guys have been through, or is this just the start of stacking up championships and becoming a dominant beast in the, you know this industry? 
Oh, I'd like to say both. You yeah. know, obviously, yeah. I've been the the guinea pig, <clears throat> test pair, a guinea pig of the you know jet night through Europe and stuff, and, and to getting to here. So it's uh, yeah, I'd like to think it's the start of of a, of a great career. And okay. but yeah, absolutely. Like you know, you can't help but think of all the sacrifice and everything we went through in yeah. Europe. Like it sucked, but there was you know core people that that stuck by us. And then, you know, obviously our circle and crew here, I think that's what makes it so special for everyone because it's like I was the, I was the kind of crash test dummy to come through and, and learn. Yeah. So I had a lot of ups and downs and yeah. they were all there. You know, the same crew of people we have with us now is the ones when we were, you know, at rock bottom. Yeah. So I think that's just makes it so much more sweeter for everyone. All right. And one guy that I know is the entire rock of your entire family is your dad. He's still heavily involved, and he's the guy that's put in probably the most sacrifice of anyone. Uh, walk us through how important that is to you, having your dad still so deeply involved in your career and, and how happy you think your dad is right now for you getting your first championship. Yeah, it's tough. He's a <clears throat> pretty... Like, he's, he's a pretty tough guy, yeah. so doesn't really show emotion unless he's pissed off. <laughs> nice, he does anger well. Yeah, yeah, that's, he does that one really well. Um, <clears throat> but, like, obviously we've earned yeah. it, so it's not like, like abuse or anything, so he can chill. Um, but, yeah, like emotional yeah. stuff, he doesn't wear it too much. But right. it's I think that, that rubs off on Jet and I, just being so, okay. like, a rock, you know. I think that's, if I didn't have my dad, I don't think I yeah. would have, come back to the sport like in 2020 when I wanted to quit if my dad yeah. wasn't such a rock and and how he raised us and how he brought me and Jed up to be the young men we are now it it, it transfers over into everything we do you know okay. every aspect of life is is from that and I think it's uh, you know I think we're pretty good guys so yeah. I'd like to say that he's yeah he's a, we wouldn't be who we are without our dad so um, I mean I hope he's happy like <laughs> I know Jet's got three more titles before my one but i hope he's still happy my <laughs> i hope he's happy too uh and by the way i know your dad got so happy when jet won one of his championships last year he ended up going to the er so uh what's the celebration going to be like tonight over in the honda trailer or in the you know back in the hotel with the family i said he went to the er with jet i said i want to see you like not moving <laughs> <laughs> that's effed up <laughs> but i'm with you it's your first one you got to celebrate hard man Hunter, let's look at the, the difference between this year and last year. Last year, you were really on point two. There was definite potential to win a championship, but this year, you get it done. And then also now, you know, we're going to celebrate and we're going to go crazy tonight, but then you have to move from this championship and that being over to let's get into outdoors and it's time to get to work again. Yeah, last year, I think <clears throat> the start of the season is where I let it go away. Obviously, the end, I... Okay. Yeah. won a lot and yeah. the starts we really really worked on it a lot you know same with outdoors last year my starts put me in some bad positions you know yeah. and that's the same thing we're going into this year obviously looking forward to the outdoors haven't yeah. really like we've been doing a lot of training and stuff on outdoors haven't really been riding supercross at all okay um but yeah, I, yeah just trying to kind of stay in the moment enjoy it a little bit because yeah monday comes monday it'll be uh focused on outdoors all right and and one last question i guess kind of has nothing to do with uh motocross or supercross at all but you did something really cool this week we know uh we're here at the big 49 we're the home of moto rock extreme we know you're big into rock we know uh 
uh, that you love the band Tool, and you got together with them and Gibson and did something really cool this week. Tell us about that that collaboration with uh, Gibson Guitars and yourself since you've been here in Nashville this week. <clears throat> the Gibson collab this this weekend was rad, obviously. Yeah. Nashville, Gibson's located here. Yeah. Tool is is my favorite band, and, and yeah. I don't even think they're real human beings. I think they're <laughs> aliens. So everything they do is just so inspiring and and. Yeah. Honestly, makes my life better, and I'm just like, I never wanted anything in return. Just like want them to know I'm thankful for what they they put out into the cool. the world, and and yeah. to do the collab with you know a hero, it's it's something that no one's really ever done in the sport with a brand, a company yeah. like Gibson, and yeah, from the moment we touched down in Nashville, it's just been like magical. Honestly, with Caesar and his family, the hospitality's been yeah. amazing, and. Yeah, it's, it's cool to wrap it up like this. Yeah, it's very cool. Man, congratulations on an epic week and just your first championship. It has got to feel freaking amazing. And we'll see you again in Utah when you get to another East-West shootout. Maybe we'll finally get that uh, duel that we were hoping for last week in New Jersey that the rain kind of screwed us out of with you and your brother. And then uh, you guys will be off to bigger and better things in your career from uh, from that race on. It's going to be freaking fun to watch. So congratulations to you, your entire family, the HRC Honda team. And we will catch up with you again in Utah, man. Best of luck to you. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Saturday in Nashville, we saw one of the gnarliest injury incidents that maybe ever on the Supercross track. Cooper Webb went down, battling it out with Eli Tomac, and then his head was run over by Adam C. and Cirillo, and Cooper was carted off and taken to the ambulance to be checked out because it really, really looked bad, even though Cooper was up and walking around. And we got this update from Cooper yesterday. He says that as everyone saw, he suffered a concussion in Nashville. He says he's thankful that everything else checked out. And unfortunately, though, this will put an end to his Supercross season. And it does hurt a lot to have to end it like this. But he says he's holding his head high, knowing that he gave it all. Nobody is at fault, he said. He said he made a small mistake and shit happens in racing. And he's got to be better than that. He appreciates everyone's support. So great news that he is okay we'll see him at some point in the supercross season and cooper webb now done for the year in supercross i am stretch another moto minute brought to you by lbz is coming up one hour from now big 490 shout out to hunter lawrence for talking to us after the big win on saturday that was super freaking cool stoked for that dude man very very stoked i did really like hunter lawrence the Entire family's just cool. Those boys are really good for the sport, and they are doing the right thing, and they seem to be like good people, and shout out to their parents for raising them right, so they seem to be really good dudes, and I'm happy that both of them are going to win championships in the 250 world here in the next week or two. Hunter got his Saturday, and Jet will get his probably in Denver, and then we'll finally get to see those two battle it for one last time on 250s on uh, Utah in two weeks. So that'll be fun. I may or may not be around for that. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I will be. I will not be for, no. Ay, ay, ay. All right, let's just start from the top on my stories. Let's get into this one. 
Now you go on vacation, sometimes you get drunk and just wild. You do things on vacation you wouldn't normally do if you were at home because you're like, I'm seeing a bunch of people I'm never going to see again the rest of my life. What's the worst going to happen? Nothing. I'm going to go nuts. Well, this guy's from Australia. Much like the Lawrence Brothers, only I don't think the Lawrence Brothers would do this. His name is Bodie. Bodie Jones. He's 23 years old. He's from Noosa, Australia. And on Thursday, he got arrested. And here's the problem. He got arrested in a country not called Australia's, where he was there vacationing and having some fun. And, well, it's a country that practices surreal law, which means you're effed. They're going to put his ass in prison. And all he did was get naked and run around like a crazy man. They didn't say he was hurting people or doing anything, just acting like an idiot. And apparently, surreal law, they uh, frown upon you doing anything like that. Nudity or drunkenness is very frowned upon. Here's what happened. He was running nude through a uh, village near uh, Lontok Moon Beach. And resort officials were chasing him. And he was hitting locals as he was running around naked. So he was punching people, assaulting people. He also is alleged to have injured a local fisherman, uh, Edie Ron, by pushing a motorcycle into him. Ron had to go to the hospital, get 50 stitches, and he had a broken leg. Ron's wife uh, reported that Risby Jones uh, to the police and residents threatened to burn down the resort after the guy, he just gone crazy, ran out into this village and started punching people naked. And then he breaks this poor guy's leg. Now the guy can't work. You're living in a place like that. You got to work. If you can't work, you can't eat. This is not, like I said, a civilized, uh, normal type, uh, normal country where he was. So here we are. The villagers surround the resort and they're like, we're going to burn it to the ground unless you hand this guy over. So they hand him over to the authorities. He's now saying to all who I have disrespected and hurt, I am truly sorry. Please forgive me. He released a statement through his family. He keeps apologizing because, well, he's a foreigner. And they're looking at putting him in prison and caning him. Lashing him, whipping him. So you do stupid stuff at a place that practices, uh, uh, you know, Sharia law, you're going to you're gonna go down. This is in Indonesia. They say the area he was arrested is governed by a parallel Islamist legal structure, which is distinct from the civil codes that govern most of Indonesia. It's uh, some island off the coast of Sumatra in Indonesia. And they say sentences under the Sharia-based laws can involve public floggings for offenses like drinking or adultery. He's expected to appear in court next week and can face up to five years and 40 lashes with a cane. I say you brought that on yourself, dumbass. Dumb shittery. It's what happens. You do dumb stuff, dumb stuff happens. You win dumb prizes. Yeah, bad, 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 bad. Don't get drunk in a country that practices Sharia law and do things you... Uh, you know what? Don't do things you would do at home when you're in a country that practices Sharia law. You end up in jail. You're like, what? That, I gave someone the finger? I'm going to jail? Seriously? Or I'm getting flogged 40 times? Yeah, Bad times. Bad times. 
All right, up next, we're going to go what the Florida of the day because we never have a show where we don't have a story straight out of Florida. This involves a lady got into a fight with her husband, but first she had a fight with a family pet, and she won that fight. Yeah, we'll find out about this one next. It's the Big 49. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Congratulations to Hunter Lawrence and the HRC Honda Racing Team for the championship in the 250 East Division Saturday night. All Hunter had to do was come out and finish 20th or better, and the championship was his because he had such a huge points lead. And instead, he came out and just blew it wide open and took the overall win and got the championship in style. So congratulations to him. It is his very first young brother Jet Lawrence has three championships already. Hunter claimed his first on Saturday night, and that is awesome. Congratulations. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It is a Stretch show on a Monday morning. Insane day Saturday at the Supercross. Justin Barsha down and gone for the season with a broken collarbone. Cooper Webb down and gone for the season with a concussion. That Cooper one was very scary looking. Like, it freaked me out when I saw it. I was like, oh crap, he's dead. Like, it's insane. Got his head ran over. And poor Adam Cincerillo had no place. Like, Cooper's head fell right in a rut that Adam was in coming out of a turn. And it was just bam, bam. It was that fast. Front tire and back tire both got him. And Adam feels horrible. But Cooper is okay. And we'll be back at some point during the outdoor season. I hope uh, you go into concussion protocol. It could be for a while. So sucks for Cooper, though. Really, really sucks because he was in the championship hunt and he was staying right there with Eli. And, and if Eli made a mistake or something bad would happen to Eli, Cooper, it would have been Cooper's championship. Now he's already been passed in points by Chase Sexton, who is now in number two. Eli's got 18 points on him with two rounds left. And don't expect Eli to give up the red plate or the championship at this point. But then you can expect Chase and Eli to go right back at it in the outdoor season after just a week off. All right, let's get back into a fun, loving story out of Florida, because I promised that, and Florida always delivers. We got a lady. Her name is Suzanne Malali. She's 62 years old. And her and her dude, Stephen, well, uh, got into a fight. Apparently there was some there was some bickering going on in the house, and it wasn't just between her and her spouse, Stephen, who's 66 years old. No. They also have a African gray parrot. And at one point, alcohol was involved, they say. The intoxicated uh Miss Malali. I guess she got sick of that damn bird because at some point she just pulled out a Glock and shot it. She shot and killed their parrot in the house. Bam! Then her and her husband really got into it, and then it rolled out into the outside. Neighbors called the police. They also heard a gunshot, so the police were on the way. And when the police arrived, they arrested both of the Malalis for domestic battery, which is a misdemeanor. They were released from custody uh, over the weekend and ordered by a judge to have no contact with each other. Doesn't say that Mrs. Malali, who... Uh, shot the bird is being charged with anything else even though she discharged a firearm in a house and killed a pet they say she has been ordered to have no contact with animals oh good and they seized her glock 
but she hasn't been charged in any crime in connection with shooting her pet parrot. Yeah, there you go. That's a fun time. By the way, if your spouse kills your family pet at any point, get rid of them. That's a warning. Look at that family pet and be like, wow, that could have been me. This person's crazy. Because most people love their family pets, no matter what it is. Even if it's a rabbit or a bunny or a, or a damn hamster. Some people even love snakes, for God's sake. But people typically love their pets and will go out of their way to protect and shield their pets from harm. I do know a person, and many of you who know me know who I'm talking about. Who is a friend who got into a fight with a, a significant other and... They, I guess the significant other had goldfish. These two were not married and did not live together. They were a couple. And she took uh, the pet goldfish and put them in the garbage disposal and turned it on. I'm serious. That's a warning sign. That could have been you. That could have been you. Yeah, if someone's going to harm an animal, and even, even a dumb fish that's a pet, that's scary. Tell you what, coming up next, let's get into my next story. Let's talk about the state of the world as we celebrate the 10-year anniversary of SatanCon happening uh, this weekend in Boston. We'll talk about that next. It's the Big 49. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Congratulations to former motocross and supercross rider Mike Sleater, who has announced that he is heading off to Australia, New Zealand, leaving Southern California because he has officially joined the Stark Future team, and he's going to be working for them over there. Says he's extremely excited about this next chapter in his career. And congratulations to Sleater and to the Stark Future family. And you know what I love about their post? They actually have a motorcycle in their post. Unlike people like, I don't know, Triumph, who have never showed us one. Stark Future has a bike. It's an e-bike, and it's a real bike, and they ride it, and people see it. And he's going to go to New Zealand and Australia and be on that team. So shout out Mike Sleater. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute, brought to you by LBZ, is coming up one hour from now. Oh, man, Big 49. It is a Stretch show. Shout out to Hunter Lawrence. That was a gr- good interview this morning. I must say so myself, because, well, it's done by Stretch. Stretch is the best. Just kind of how it is. Uh, let's talk about that, though. I did like it's coming up. If you missed it, the last hour of the stretch show, 11 a.m. Pacific time, we will rerun the Hunter Lawrence interview. I got to tell you, man, I, the, the fondness of those two brothers after having conducted that interview, after her, having heard, I, I'm not going to lie, some of the stuff I heard Weege do uh, last week with Hunter. And Weege is amazing. I love Weege. Jason White get the best moto broadcaster there is. I'm a huge fan. And just about the sacrifice and what the, that family has been through to get those kids to where they are. They're both champions in the Supercross. They're at the top of a sport that is really hard to even be a part of, let alone be on top of. And I, I guess it's a soft spot in my heart knowing what we go through here at the 49, what we do with the small little crew we have of numbnutses man everybody's got to do what they got to do outside of here in order to be here in order to keep this thing chugging and in the fight and it is not easy and there are outside forces that are screwing you over and you're just gonna keep going and keep fighting and keep believing and there are times man you just want to sit down and throw in the towel hunter talked about in 2020 said he was done 
2020 at Loretta Lynn's, he said, done. I'm out. I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. It's stupid. I'm just going to get a job and we'll let Jet race and I'll, I'll help support that. Yeah, well, look at, look at him now. Three years later, glad he didn't. But I respect the hell out of someone that's got the fight. And I think we all doubt ourselves at some points when we're in pursuit of a dream. And you chase it and you chase it and you chase it. So, great interview. If you missed it, it'll be coming up again at 9. Or you can also just listen to the uh, Stretch Show podcast, which will be posted later on this afternoon. That'll be up. You can get that. Stretch Show podcast is a stretch show minus all the music. Just what happens here. So you can check that out. Right now, let's talk about Bitches Be Crazy. Gonna go to Peru. I know a thing about crazy Peruvians. I married the one. They're the devil. So here we go. 17-year-old girl in Peru. I'm sorry. She's a 17-year-old Venezuelan in Peru. And she's got a boyfriend that's 30. Apparently, that's okay in Peru. Apparently, in Peru, if you're 17, you can date a 30-year-old. I know, could tell you right now, if I have a 17-year-old daughter and a 30-year-old man comes near, he's eating a bullet after I beat him up. So, she had her boyfriend. He's 30. And she said, hey, I want to play a game with you. I'm going to blindfold you. And then, at the end, you're going to have a romantic surprise. He's 30 years old. She's 17. He's like, score. Okay. So then the, here's the crazy thing. There's video of this shot from like a you know ring doorbell type thing of where it happened. 17-year-old at that point blindfolds the boyfriend, lures them down a dark alley. And at that point, her new boyfriend, who is a bona fide bad guy, shoots him 17 times. Now, here's an idea. I know this segment's called Bitches Be Crazy, and we have this because bitches are crazy. But why don't you just break up with them? Hey, I got this new guy I like that's a gangster. Loped out set, tripping banger. I'm just going to go with him later. And he'd probably have been like, screw you. I'm out. That'd have been good. It'd have been done. He wouldn't have had to die. The new boyfriend, by the way, is 31 years old. Understood to have an extensive criminal record and is part of a criminal gang there in Peru. The girl has been arrested and the boy, because remember, the whole thing was caught. And as the girl blindfolds him, she's laughing and smiling and looking over her shoulder because the new boyfriend is standing there with a gun. She's now going to go to juvenile court, probably get nothing, and the new boyfriend's looking at a murder charge. His name is Manrique Marino. Yeah. I know anyone with the last name Marino is a douchebag. It's true. Look it up. If your name is Marino, you are a douchebag moron. A matter of fact, if I have known you in the past, I probably called you Morano. Because you're a moron. An absolute idiot douchebag. Yeah. There's a high probability of that. So look at this guy. He proves my theory on on people with the last name Marino. He shot a guy that was blindfolded 17 times because he wanted to impress his 17-year-old girlfriend. That's douchebaggery at its finest right there. Douchebaggery at its finest. Man. I am Stretch. I am not a douchebag. <sighs> I am the host of the Big 49. And coming up next, I'm going to tell you, well, something fun about, well, 
uh, an iceberg named after Moto Man, or looks like Moto Man. We'll talk about this next. It's the Big 49. Big 49, it's a stretch show. Right now, I'm playing the Titanic theme, minus Celine Dion. Gonna talk about an iceberg. Remember, an iceberg brought down the Titanic. Icebergs are very dangerous. That's why this one is named and modeled after Moto Man. A man from Dildo. That's right. This guy's from Dildo. I can't make this crap up. This dude's from Dildo. Was the first to photograph this giant iceberg off the coast of Newfoundland. Apparently, it is a tourist season right now off the uh, coast of Newfoundland and Labrador in Canada. There's a lot of icebergs coming down, and they say the last few years have been sucky for icebergs, but this year they have had some doozies, but none as big as the Moto Man iceberg that has been making its way south down Newfoundland. And the guy from Dildo that found Moto Man, he photographed it, and I'm not kidding if it's not a giant cock and balls. And it's not just a giant cock and balls iceberg. It is a giant cock and balls boner iceberg. The balls are floating down in the water and the cock is straight up, like at attention. It is a boner iceberg, therefore I call it Moto Man. They called it Dicky locally because they don't all know Moto Man in Canada yet. He's not quite that famous yet. We're getting him there though. And uh, the Moto Man iceberg is floating down with his big shaft. Even the head, it's. It's the most amazing thing that this is a natural thing. Like, people are freaking out about this iceberg because it is, well, basically it's a huge cock and balls. And I have sad news, though. Uh, just like Jack in the Titanic, it is really no more, as they say, the head fell off. Because it was a giant boner, but it had a big head on it. And the head, obviously, is larger than the shaft, uh, you know, and it fell off as it got south into warmer weather and the giant head fell off. So now it's just like a balls with a half a half a schlong up there, but no head on it anymore. It has a Facebook page. It's so popular. I'm telling you, Motoman's going to be huge in Canada when we go there. Shout out to Canada. I know people listen to the show up there. People listen to the Big 49. People listen to the Stretch Show podcast up there. I know some people even listen to the Moto Show vlog that we post up at TheBig49.com. There's a lot happening in the world. My Lord. But now, as we're trying to, you know, get to that mountaintop and be that successful streaming radio station, we had an iceberg that looked just like Moto Man that was going to just do wonders for our marketing, and then it, the head fell off of it. It lost his head. Moto Man was just floating. He was out in all of his naked glory, running around, basically sunning the schlong. This time he wasn't face down, ass up, sunning the puckered starfish. No, he was sunning the schlong, just floating down in all of his glory in Newfoundland. Going down the coast, Celine Dion was singing. He was like, this water's cold, but I still got a wood. And then the head fell off. The head fell right off his schlong. Uh, so there you go. I guess this is in memory of uh, what they called the Dicky Iceberg. I call it the Moto Manberg. Uh, big, big, big. Oh, coming up next, let's talk a little motocross. Let's recap a little from this weekend. If you missed it, I'm going to get into that. It was 
gnarly. Also, a conversation we had on the Moto Show, which is part of the Moto Vlog, we'll get into about uh, hazards on a track that they may not have in the future of Supercross. We'll talk about this coming up next. It's the Big 49. The Big 49 Moto Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. They received an update on the condition of TLD Gas Gas's Justin Barsha, who has been on an absolute holy tear the second half of this Supercross season. And it is what we thought and not good. Barsha sustained a broken collarbone when he went down hard on the Dragon's back at Nashville, and he will be out for the remainder of the season and probably a good portion of the outdoor season as well, which is an absolute bummer because Justin, with a new contract for the Gas Gas team, looked absolutely dialed in and racing as well as he ever has in his career. So big bummer. Get well soon, Justin Barsha, and we'll see you back out running it wide open at some point in the outdoor season. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It's a Stretch show on a Monday. Getting ready to... Head into it shortly into the final hour. And that'll be the replay of the Hunter Lawrence interview, his championship interview, after he clinched on Saturday. And good interview, good talk with Hunter Lawrence. Respect the game. But, man, let's get into something we talked about on the Moto Show. I think Jason brought it up. Jason said, I wonder if we're ever going to see them get rid of, like, whoops on a Supercross track because they caused so many injuries. And we're like, nah, there's no way. But as Jason brought that up, which is the point, because we're in a day and age of insurance and lawsuits and this and that, I've heard a lot of talk since Saturday about them saying, why do we still have Dragon's Backs on these freaking courses? They're really, really dangerous. It's like whoops that go uphill and then downhill, and you can't really see to the other side. You don't know what's over there. And a lot of guys crash on the Dragon's Back. A lot of guys crashing the whoops. A lot of guys crashing the dragon's back. Uh, and I'm hearing that. And on Saturday, Justin Barsha went down to the dragon's back and broke his collarbone. And now he's done for the remainder of Supercross and probably for the good first part of the motocross season as well. And that guy has been on absolute fire this year. So that sucked ass. Jason Anderson, who's in the top 10 in points, like seven, I think, seven or eight. Uh, he went down and he had a gnarly crash because he landed on an area of the track where there was no padding. It was just plywood. He flew all the way off the dirt and landed on the hard ground. And underneath that plywood is concrete. And the only reason the plywood was down is so they could drum dirt on it and they don't even make a mess later when they clean it up. They scrape up all the dirt, then they pick up the plywood, then there's not that much dirt that got through and they can just clean it all up. It wasn't to protect anyone and Jason Anderson slammed into the concrete basically that was also dangerous and then the biggest crash of all was the most fluke accident and that was Cooper Webb tangled a little bit with Eli in a turn and then he fell down and he fell right in a line that Adam Cianzarillo was in who was right behind him and Eli and when he fell his head landed in the rut and Adam Cianzarillo ran over his head of all of those injuries that was the most freak accident of all of them but the Dragon's Bag probably wouldn't have happened if it wasn't a Dragon's Bag. 
and the Jason Anderson slamming in. By the way, Anderson not even hurt. He still raced in the main event. You could tell he was banged up, but he got up and, and fought through and raced the main event. At this point, though, in the 450 Supercross, Eli Tomac's got an 18-point lead on Chase Sexton. Cooper Webb has fallen to number three in points. I anticipate with two more rounds left, Cooper Webb's going to fall to four or five in points, which really sucks. Because worst-case scenario, he would have had that bonus money of number two overall, and he would have finished behind Eli. There was nothing going to stop him from finishing number two outside of getting injured, and that's what happened. So soul-crushing blow for Cooper Webb. He was very upset when they were forcing him into an ambulance. And... That was just it. It's great he's okay. Glad he's gets to go home to his family and, you know, all of his limbs are moving, no broken neck, nothing like that. But still devastating at how hard you work to achieve a goal and he was in the process of possibly pulling it off. We don't know. We will never know now. So that absolutely sucked. But it was a great day of racing. Hunter Lawrence didn't have to do anything but come in top 20 and he clinched it and he shot out of a cannon and won uh, first place, got the overall win in the main event. That was cool to see. Put a cherry on top of that thing. Punctuated that mofo. So Hunter Lawrence looked great. Justin Barsha looked really great. He was also you had Cooper Webb who was sitting at two in the points. You had Justin Barsha that when he went down was at second or third position or he was at third on the podium for the main event, which would have been his sixth podium in a row. And he went down, just a bummer, absolute. It was a bummer day, because all of those injuries and seeing those guys get hurt that are all front runners and big big name riders, it really sucked the wind out of the day for me as a fan. I, I appreciate the racing, it was great to see. I'm glad Eli did his thing and still has the red plate and is rolling along, but man, it was. A bummer, a bummer of a day. And that's what happens. It's racing. It's it comes with territory. And there's no racing like this racing where you risk imminent you're in imminent danger anytime you're on that bike. At any point you're on that bike. I would say it's more dangerous than being on a wild horse that weighs two thousand pounds. Because the horse doesn't go that fast, doesn't go over whoops, and isn't constantly trying to throw you off of it. Sometimes they do, but not all the time. Like that damn track, that thing's just trying to buck you off at, at all times. So, shout out to those guys. Hope everybody gets well soon, gets back to racing. But it was a good day. This weekend, we are in Denver, 250 West. See if Jet can wrap it all up. We'll find out on Saturday. But fun times here in the Big 49. The home of Moto Rock Extreme. Up next, we're going to do a little double story about law enforcement, how much it sucks to be a cop right now. Talk about this one next. This is the Big 49. The Man Urgent. Report! Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs may be an overachiever. Not only does the guy now have two Super Bowl championships, he recently hosted Saturday Night Live as the guest host, and he also just did a huge music festival in Kansas City with the likes of Rick Ross and Machine Gun Kelly. That's not all. He now, he says, wants to be in the WWE. He's not retiring from football. He just wants to do all of this all at the same time. The guy's kind of a freak. 
And here's good news, I guess. Bam Margera turned himself into the cops after his family said he was smoking meth and getting violent. And then he went and took a drug test immediately where he says there was no meth in his system. It was all a bunch of lies. And now he's evicting his brother from the home that he owns that the brother lives in. And it looks like a fun, happy family affair. Bam will be due back in court here in a month or so for running from the police in this whole situation. And finally, senile and crotchety old Bernie Sanders says that Joe Biden's going to win the next election in a landslide. I don't know if he lives in America, or at least the same America as the rest of us, but I don't really see that being possible. The Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big 4-9, it's a Stretch show on a Monday. Right now, let's go into a little, uh, sucks to be a cop, man. And it really, really does. I got a couple stories, both here in California, one here in Los Angeles involving LAPD and another one in Fresno. But remember, I talk ad nauseum on this show about there's no real punishment for crimes now, and they don't prosecute people. Let's go to the first one in Fresno. There's video of a guy robbing a restaurant, and the cops have been called, and when they arrive, they see the guy is still inside the restaurant. He runs out the back door. Police officer sees him, tackles him, and fights with him, and then he restrains the guy, and then another cop rolls up, and basically you can tell the other cop is grossed out because the police officer is bleeding profusely because, well, his ear has pretty much been detached from the side of his head from fighting with this douchebag, I'm guessing transient by the looks of him, but it gets better. So this cop gets hurt, and eh, take him to the hospital, and sew his ear back on. It didn't rip off, but it was dangling. Well, they then go into, this isn't the first time that they've encountered this guy. This guy's name is, last name is Randolph. He looks like the dude from uh, the CSI show that was on a while ago. I'm not kidding. He looks just like that guy. And it's two o'clock in the morning. He goes down and they've got six mugshots of this guy. And it was his sixth arrest this month. They've arrested this guy six times in a month. Like, at what point does something stick and you put this MFR in jail? I know people screamed out about the three strikes law being inhumane. And no, you know what happens if we let you have more than three strikes? You get four strikes, five strikes, six strikes. This guy's been arrested six times in a month. And as an extensive criminal record, besides those six, it wasn't like this month he turned to a life of crime. No, this guy is a piece of crap, and these cops got to deal with this all the time. And the guy sees the cops, and he knows that sooner or later, at some point, you're going to get a judge with a freaking testicular freaking sack, and they're going to put this piece of crap in jail because you're a piece of crap, and you're not... No one's helping you by not putting you in jail. And society damn sure isn't being helped by you not being in jail. So there's that one. That's story number one of sucks to be a cop. Then we go out here to LAPD. We say officers who were patrolling the Metro Red Line over the weekend were at the Vermont Santa Monica station in Hollywood when they spotted a man boarding the train with a meth pipe in his hand. 10 o'clock in the morning. And you know what you do when you see a guy with a meth pipe? You walk over and you say, hey, excuse me, but uh, can we talk to you for a second? 
What do you got that narcotics uh, pipe for? Oh, I'm just carrying it around. Yeah, okay, you probably got narcotics, which are illegal. Get off the train. So they get him off the train, and they start to check him out on what is now a narcotics investigation. He's a homeless man. He does have money for narcotics, though, which, what do you think he got that, from stealing? Because I'm going to say yes. The government, handouts, and stealing. This guy should be in jail just for that. But here we go. The officers then have to get physical with the guy because once they start patting him down, he goes crazy, and he bites off the tip of the finger of one of the police officers. He bites it off and then tries to bite the other police officer, too, so they finally get him subdued. They say when they brought the tip of the finger and the uh, police sergeant to the emergency, they were unable to reattach it, so this guy lost the tip of his finger. And what do you think's gonna happen to this guy? Nothing? Because that's what I think's gonna happen. They say he was arrested on charges of mayhem and resisting an executive order. How about assault on a police officer and bodily harm and like disfiguring a police officer when you bit the tip of his finger off that can't be reattached? F that dude. Yeah, that sucks. That's the crap these guys gotta deal with on the regular. So no, sometimes you talk to a cop and they're cranky or they yell at you for when you're doing something really stupid and they've seen it 9,000 times that day. But they got to deal with this crap all the time, man. So I salute the popo. Shout out to the law. You guys got a tough job, and I appreciate you for sure. Even though, don't don't give chicken shit tickets, because that makes people not like you. Not tickets that are deserved. You give those out, people apply. Like, I'll, I'll drive by and, like, honk and, and high-five at a cop that's pulling over a dick that I've seen driving like an a-hole. But, like, chicken shit tickets. Like, really? can just give that guy a warning? No. But I do like the Pope. I am Stretch. Time to get into that Hunter Lawrence interview next. It's it's rather spectacular. If you haven't heard it yet. I'm Stretch. I say so myself. It's the Big 49. <sighs> Time to go home. It is the Big 49. Shout out to Hunter Lawrence. Tomorrow we'll probably get Eli up on here. I gotta tell you though. I don't know what they do with the Supercross. I appreciate the hell out of Feld and, and the Supercross. And I love the show they put on. They suck ass at doing press conferences. Oh my God, the difference in audio quality. And here's what's weird. And Feld is a thousand times better than the pro motocross people. Their press conferences are clown shows. The audio is horrendous. And now we had that this weekend with Feld. It was just the 450 press conference. The mic levels were insane. Like I literally had to take the audio after the interviews run it through a processor and then crank them like 10-fold, 20-fold, 30-fold and then do it again and again to get the audio levels up because it was so horrible. Bad, 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 bad. The, the 250s were better, but it's like, God, uniformity. That's what wins championships, Feld and pro motocross people. That's what wins championships, uniformity. Every press conference should sound exactly like the last one. They should all be perfect. I know a sound guy I can, I can lend you. He can fix that problem for you because it's embarrassing. You guys need to fix it. Just saying. You know who's got great sound? Big 49. You know whose sound just got better? Big 49. You know the audio player that you listen to the Big 49 on? It's getting bigger and better and badder, and it's coming. 
going to be even better. It's going to sound even better. Everything about the 49 is amazing. And it's getting better and better and better. The gadgetry and the technology is evolving even in three years we've been on. And rather than be like terrestrial radio where we're going to sit there with our head up our ass and pretend that things aren't changing, we're changing with technology in the three years we've been on and we're getting better. We are leaving them back on Lost Island is what we're doing. So, get with the game. You want good quality streaming technology, listen to the Big 49. It's the best in the game, period. There is nothing better. Nothing better. Anywhere. No matter how big. And Apple Streams, it's as good. It's not better. There's no one better than us. Like, we've got the technology that those huge, huge, really good companies have. And then when it comes to radio, there's not a radio station in the game yet with HLS streaming trying to even swing on our nuts because they can. So, you guys enjoy the high-quality broadcast that is the Big 49. I will be back tomorrow to talk to you again. Until then, God bless you all, and God bless the United States of America.